Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Dating Revolves podcast. I'm super happy and grateful you're here and I'm bringing you another episode with someone else. Um, I know I uh, kind of published a couple of solo episodes recently which you guys seem to love but I also want to bring awesome people back in and so I'm going to try to alternate, that might not always work but I'm on a schedule to release a new um, episode every Friday now and in the long term I hope that every other one will be an interview and then every other other one will be just me talking about something that you guys have asked or are interested in in some ways. So yeah, this is a really beautiful episode. I talked to my friend Eleanor who has really amazing ideas about listening to the land, working with your ancestry around colonialism and violence, storytelling and what it means to build a business in these days in ways that feel aligned with our ethics and political ideas. So yeah, especially the rest of the conversations around business, well actually all of it, but I will say I need to do some more thinking about the stuff that we talked about towards the end around business and and I'm excited that Eleanor is doing this work and I want to get involved and um, and yeah, <laughs> I'm just excited. I think that's why I'm saying sorry. It's a beautiful episode and I hope you'll like it too and I would love to hear what you think. I think both of us would love to know. So find us on Instagram, let us know and add your thoughts. I have a couple of announcements before we go on today's show. The first one is that on November 18th I'm running a free online workshop on Tarot for Beginners. It's going to be a slightly longer 90 minute one in which we can meet and brainstorm ideas for how you can read for yourself or maybe even others when you're just starting out and you want to get a sense of you know what can it mean for you to read intuitively when you don't know all the cards yet. Um, but yet you want to find a way to do meaningful storytelling and ref- self-reflection and exploration of ideas and concepts and possibilities in your life. We'll also look at working with the elements and integrating small rituals into your everyday life. That's probably one of the most important things to me right now is finding small ways of making everyday life more magical, especially a time when we have very little energy or are drained in some way and just still want to keep that connection to the magic going. So yeah, join us for that, that's free. Um, If you can't make it on the day, there'll be a replay, so sign up anyway and I'll send that to you and I would love to meet as many of you as possible on the workshop. The second announcement is that I have three episodes for the DIY Magic podcast out now. Um, so go check that out and let me know what questions you have and what me what you want me to cover. This podcast is very much for you um, if you are interested in small business stuff. I just want to share as many resources and ideas as possible. And I loved and really appreciated the feedback I received so far. Uh, speaking of which, if you like either of my podcasts, either this one or the other one, please leave a review on iTunes. That really makes a massive difference to how many people can find this. And I just don't want to spend money on ads. That means I need to charge higher prices for what I'm offering and then everyone loses and that's boring. <laughs> so let's not pay up money and let's get this known in other ways through community. That would be really helpful. Thank you. And then the final announcement is that I want to tell you what I just released for the Magic of Embodiment program for the second module that came out on the Scorpio New Moon yesterday. So a quick recap, the Magic of Embodiment is a year-long low-cost program where we're looking at tarot, folk herbalism and ritual through the lens of embodiment and really reclaiming our bodies and finding and making a home in them. And so each month I'm sending you uh, ritual suggestions, tarot spreads, really simple herbal recipes, plant profiles, audio recorded workshops on with small movement and journaling practices. So I'm trying to keep everything as accessible as possible. They're kind of bite-sized but also really rich. So each month there's really like a variety of different things that you can try and none of them take a lot of time or require you to buy expensive stuff. And you can become a part of the program by pledging $3 or more on my Patreon. And this is a self-study program, meaning that you can do it in your own time, but you can also show up for the live workshops that I'm running frequently to kind of have this sense of community and a little bit of gentle accountability and to ask questions. And so um, the second module is called Protection and it's just come out and here's what's included. There's an audio intro on protection and embodiment, 
a herbal recipe for luxurious bath mouths, a plant friend profile for Hawthorne, a tarot spread for protection, an audio with a self-massage self practice, an audio on working with the archetypes of the sword suits in the tarot, a ritual suggestion for boundaries and protection, and then a space to share and ask questions. So it's not too late to join. In fact, it never is. This is open access. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in this subject, then it might be now is a good time to join us. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And if you have any questions at all, let me know. Thank you so much for listening. And now enjoy today's interview. Hello, everyone. I am super excited to speak to a really wonderful person today. I have Eleanor here with me. We have met quite some time ago, maybe two years even. I mean, time is a funny concept to me these days. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. But we've known each other on the internet for a while. And we met on a Facebook group, which, to be totally honest, is not usually a place where I meet people that I'm really into. So this was a, like a happy surprise. Um, so we got to know each other a little bit better and then we worked together, um, which was also a really great experience. And I just love Eleanor's whole vibe. I love the website and what the work is about. So I'm really excited to get to ask some questions today. And I will stop my little hand, fangirl intro now and just hand it over. <laughs> I'm blushing over here. Oh. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't ever know quite what to say about myself. I mean, I have my like sentence about what I do, but I, I think that will become apparent as we talk anyway. So, hi, I'm I'm Eleanor, and I'm really happy to be here chatting with Yara. Great, awesome thank thing, you. Which you already, all already know. <laughs> I also want to say because people don't know this that you have so many herbs behind you I wish yeah. everyone could see but it's a really beautiful um, setup I would love to go through that cupboard and smell them <laughs> all and touch them and taste them sounds amazing cool so I always love to kind of start the conversation in a kind of in a way that feels grounding to me by asking where you are in the world and what nature is like for you right now I am in very rural southern Scotland and what nature is like for me right now is really wet. <laughs> yeah, me too. Very, very wet <laughs> and quite windy as well, <laughs> but also really beautiful. It's like I'm looking out my, my window to the side um, and I've got there's several black, really mature blackthorn trees there and they've all lost their leaves already, but they've still got some slows on and... Um, down closer into the nearest village to me there's a lot of um cherry trees that have, their leaves are turning bright I think turning bright red this year like sometimes mm -hmm. they just go yellow but this year everything's really bright all the mm -hmm. autumn colors so so yeah it it's it's really beautiful and I I really don't want to go outside today <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's been really beautiful to imagine kind of what things look like outside your window. And also it's a bit scary because every single person I've interviewed in the UK this autumn, which well, weren't that many, but I also just been speaking to a couple of friends up north and everyone says, wow, like something really significant has been different this year, like deeper or brighter or people who never had elderberries up on the mountain this year had them because the summer has been so hot. And yeah, it, there's some beauty on it. And then there's also some like, like, wow, it's really happening. Things are yeah. really changing now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's definitely the case here. I mean, we don't normally get back in the spring we don't normally get our may flowers on the mm -hmm. hawthorn until june mm -hmm. but we had them in may mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's like a full month earlier and yeah. then we had like 32 32 33 degrees centigrade mm -hmm. temperatures which is like in scotland are you kidding me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah it is it is kind of yeah and the winter was really harsh as well so it's been a year of real extremes mm -hmm. weather-wise and it's like okay if this is how it's going to be mm -hmm. you know what what are we doing how can we mm -hmm. how can we meet this yeah Ooh, that's really deep shit <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah and speaking about deep shit which is a really beautiful bridge <laughs> Uh, I really love how you are talking and writing about uh, spiritual aspects of activism and 
the the need for activism and spirituality so i would love to kind of start our conversation there to see if you can say a few more things about why these things are both important and related to you mm. it, it's taken me a while to actually be able to articulate that because i've like from when i was really really little mm-hmm. i mean i was lucky enough my parents were were hippies and mm-hmm. when i was really i was born in 1970 so mm-hmm. it's like they they took me around all the standing stones and all the hill forts and all the and they also took me to loads of Save the Whale and CND demonstrations mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and they were involved in a in a strike in like the late seventies. So I was like, I was carted along to the to the mm-hmm. picket line, and <clears throat> so it's just always been there, like both the that spirituality of connection to the earth and the cycles of the earth and um, like our ancient ancestors Mm -hmm. and how they lived with the earth Mm -hmm. and this needing to engage now Mm -hmm. with what's happening now and with social Mm -hmm. justice and environmental justice and but for me it's like for me this is something that I realized when I was training as an interfaith minister in the late 90s is that spirituality for me is actually it is about me and my connection to source and all Mm -hmm. the two but more than anything it's about what do I it's like that the grail question whom does the grail serve it's like who do i serve what do Mm -hmm. i serve how do i serve um and i think there are phases in the spiritual path where service isn't so important and Mm -hmm. i think you know there are waves there Mm -hmm. are waves on any pathway you're more inward and then times when you're more outward um but for me that's the connection between activism and spirituality it's like one of my convictions is is that we are all part of each other Mm -hmm. and i don't just mean humans i mean literally all life on earth all life Mm -hmm. in the solar system all life in the universe Mm -hmm. we're all part of each other so Mm -hmm. if i'm in service to life which is kind of the fundamental of my i guess my spiritual outlook then I need to be concerned about what's happening to all these other beings who's that I'm part of and who are part of me, mm-hmm. which means taking a stand sometimes, which means looking at not just what is happening, but why is it happening mm-hmm. and how can we change that? Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it, it's, I mean, somebody said something to me the other day, one of my um, peers said something about that. I can't remember where the quote comes from, but if it's not practical, it's not spiritual, mm-hmm. which is just like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, that's like, you know, I am where I am mm-hmm. and I've learned to be here and not to try to escape into spiritual mm-hmm. realms and, and not to kind of try to bypass things with, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, well, if I'm here and I'm facing what's happening, mm-hmm. And I'm and I feel this deep connection to everything else. Then I can't not, you know, it's, it's a spiritual in, imperative mm-hmm. to actually try to do something. Yeah, 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 totally. And it feels good and grounding. I feel like the two together just ground each other, and yeah. that's really great. They're so they're such different spheres of the human experience on some level, and yet they have this beautiful dance between each other mm-hmm. and it's not like one is the grounding thing and the other is the, the airy outdoor thing they're just kind of when they're together then they feel grounded yeah absolutely that I think that's really mm-hmm. that's a really important point because it's not like it's not like it the the movement is just from the spirituality to the activism mm-hmm. you know it's like the the activism also informs the you know it's kind of like a a, a two-way relationship it's Mm -hmm. not just always going in one direction Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely um so I know quite a bit about your work because we work together which is great um but I would love everyone else to know a little bit more about how what you should just share with us manifests in what you're doing in the world and maybe even a little bit more about what your vision is with that um, or what you're most excited about right now. So I know that you have things in the pipeline that kind of seeds right now and 
I know like oh it's so beautiful to have to feel these seeds already and to know next year is going to be great so I would love to know <laughs> yeah just tell us yeah. more mm-hmm. okay so um one of the things I'm is a storyteller so I'm going to tell this as a story of mm-hmm. development so this may go on for a bit of a long time so <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> hopefully I keep people's interest um so back in uh May this year I was supporting a friend with writing their PhD um, and they are um, they were writing their PhD about um, ancestor work ancestor reverence um, transgenerational sexual trauma and healing mm-hmm. um, and they also you probably know it's Pavani Murray who oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. does the Bespoken Bones mm-hmm. podcast Mm-hmm. which and is they, great by the way it's amazing it's mm-hmm. amazing go go and look it up it's fantastic um and they uh said that they wanted to interview me for the podcast because mm-hmm. they knew I did storytelling and I was interested mm-hmm. in ancestors and I'd um we talked a little bit about how I am working slowly on telling the story of my grandfather who mm-hmm. um was well I won't get into that now because it will just mm-hmm. go on forever but anyway <laughs> <laughs> let's just say there's an interesting story story yes <laughs> um and Pavani um basically presented it to me that what I do is ancestral storytelling in various mm-hmm. ways and I was like oh yeah I guess it is mm-hmm. and and P was like you know you could do a course about that and I was like oh oh I guess I could and then my ancestors were like yes <laughs> yes you're going to do that thing <laughs> Because I had completely different plans for this autumn, mm-hmm. but my ancestors were like, "That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Go and do the thing." And I was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually uh, the program that I put together that I'm still leading at the moment, through to the 21st of November, is for white people to really engage with their inheritance of white supremacy mm-hmm. and colonialism and racism by working with an ancestor, but first of all by kind of um rooting themselves in a personal practice and grounding themselves in a personal practice of ancestor reverence mm-hmm. as a support for that work which is can be quite um emotionally difficult mm-hmm. but also to connect with the story of a single ancestor and to look at how the not how that individual ancestor was or wasn't personally racist mm-hmm but about how their life was part of the movements mm-hmm. and processes of white supremacy and colonialism and racism in their time mm-hmm. and use that to reflect on um, and engage with how their own lives are wrapped up in those processes today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, oh, wow. So I can actually do all this stuff all like the storytelling stuff and the spirituality stuff and the activism stuff all in the same place mm-hmm. and it's like oh oh what else I could do <laughs> you know so it's, and um it's actually brought me a completely different perspective on what I'm doing so now I'm kind of I'm playing with how I present what I do but it's basically that I work with people who want to make spiritual practice mm-hmm. um part of their everyday life and work sorry no uh spiritually grounded mm-hmm. uh social activism like acts mm-hmm. for social change um i think i'll start that bit again anyway yeah it's it's working with people who want to make uh, action for social change part of their mm-hmm. everyday life and work mm-hmm. um and who are having difficulties with that for any reason, mm-hmm. particularly people who aren't at home mm-hmm. or have had to leave mainstream religious and spiritual traditions mm-hmm. um, to support people to find that spiritual grounding and that spiritual nourishment and support mm-hmm. for that resilience mm-hmm. to be able to make spirit like social activism mm-hmm. a day to day thing. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the program I was just talking about, which is Rooted. And then um, I have a midwinter program that I've run before, which is connecting with the, it's actually an ancient Roman thing. The 12 people, many people have heard of the 12 days of Christmas, particularly mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that actually comes out of um, an ancient Roman practice of using the 12 days of Saturnalia mm -hmm. as divination for the 12 months of the year mm -hmm. to come. Um, and I've run it before just as that, mm -hmm. but this year I'm thinking, oh, I can, anybody's welcome to do it, but it's like I'm adding a review of the previous year onto it. So you can look at, okay, so what, what was happening in the natural world, what was happening economically, what was happening socially, mm -hmm. what was happening politically, and what was happening in me, mm -hmm. and how were all those linked in mm -hmm. each month? To kind of have a, hmm, this is where I've been, mm -hmm. and then do that deep dive into dreaming and divination and working with the planets mm -hmm. through the 12 days. So there's a real break mm -hmm. between the last year and mm -hmm. next year, mm -hmm. and a space to, to vision from that deeper place okay what what feels like is going to be important in the next year and what I want to focus on mm -hmm. in the next year mm -hmm. um and I've you know that I've got so many programs just kind of bubbling mm -hmm. up out <laughs> this um you know and I'm so I've got my ancestor altar next to me and I'm just touching touching the altar cloth and saying thank you Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> for this focus that that basically they've given me because mm -hmm. uh, it feels so good and what I want to do eventually is work towards having rather than offering the programs kind of as a or in addition to offering the programs as this program starts on this date finishes mm -hmm. on this date mm -hmm. but have a an online space mm -hmm. um and regular like support calls where people can take almost any program mm -hmm. at any time mm -hmm. at their own pace mm -hmm. because you know I, I know how important it is to mm -hmm. to pace things to not try and dash through mm -hmm. things all of this work is lifelong work you know mm -hmm. both the spiritual stuff and the social and the activism stuff mm -hmm. it, you know we don't need to be you know running or mm -hmm. I'm some people do and that's great but I know for myself I'm like okay I need to I need to go slowly and mm -hmm. just pace myself so that I can do the best I can do for the longest mm -hmm. time possible because I intend to be here for quite a long time great. on this planet in this incarnation yeah. um but yeah I'm kind of babbling a bit now because I'm excited but it's yeah, but like that my vision is to move towards um like that kind of online space and ongoing support so people can get support up wherever they are in a program mm -hmm. and like community support and mm -hmm. action learning sets like mm -hmm. peer support in smaller yeah. you know all kinds of things mm -hmm. but um, and all of that just came out of a conversation with one person and my ancestors going that do that <laughs> yes that's magic isn't it that's yeah. beautiful yeah. i am so excited about this project or this idea and the work on so many levels and while you were talking i was trying to make mental notes to kind of mm -hmm. reflect back to you and i think i made six in total but oh, wow. <laughs> i might remember four so let's so let's let's just try so first of all i'm really excited to see that you are thinking about a more sustainable business model um, i've been thinking about this a lot too and i think that we in the online world which is kind of like an, an unrelated side note to what you're just saying but i think this model of pushing hard launches for short-term programs that people then have to go through in a certain period of time is really difficult for everyone involved like not just us and and so I think this view of like building a community that where people can gather wherever they are in different programs is really great and um, I really love running my monthly free webinars and I look forward to next year maybe getting to a place where I can run them every other week and mm -hmm just meeting people where they're at and giving them time and resources and a container i think is really good so yeah. yay for that <laughs> and then the other thing i wanted to say is i am really glad to see that more white people are doing this work of holding space because i think that is really work that we need to do that we can't expect people of color to do and um i also think that guilt and shame might be like human 
you know, human emotions coming up as what's going on, as part of what's going on in the world mm -hmm. right now. Um, but they're not kind of actionable or useful emotions just by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I really mm -hmm. think we need to work with those emotions and transform them into something that will create actual change. And I think yeah. part of that will be processing the stories of our ancestors mm -hmm. and seeing the greater picture without falling into navel gazing. And that's how we come together and, um, you know, hold each other accountable and really respectful and gentle ways and seeing mm -hmm. what work we can do um, with the resources and the privileges that we have. So that's really cool and exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and then another note I made was like, I love this idea of doing this in winter, this, this, um, because I think, you know, not everyone celebrates uh, the new year on the 1st of January. Um, and that's, that's not a, and a key part for me. And I you know I didn't hear you say that anyway, but I do think that going inwards in winter and reflecting mm -hmm. and seeing what happened in the last cycle and what might be coming up is next is really important because time is passing so quickly. And I think that often results for us in feeling really ungrounded and like, fuck, where's September been? You yeah. know, I have not had enough ritual and observation of the moon and the cycles to feel like mm -hmm. I was really present with that month mm -hmm. it's my favorite month in the year and I have it just passed so quickly so mm -hmm. in October I'm, I'm a lot more like yeah slowing down and I think this kind of work really facilitates that super beautifully I had more thoughts <laughs> let me try um, <laughs> oh yeah one last thing um, I also think it's interesting that you know, I know you, you will work with people internationally, which is beautiful, but you and I also happen to be in the UK. And I think yeah. living in the UK, sometimes it can be easy for people to think that we don't have to confront colonialism <laughs> in the same way, which is so ridiculous yeah. if you really think about it, right? Yeah. But we just, I think it is, there's like a different, a slightly different public consciousness around yeah. race in the UK, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And so, it may be manifest in small things like we don't tend to say what colonized territory we're mm -hmm. on at the beginning of interviews, which I see is more and more practice in mm -hmm. Northern America. But I think we really have to dig into our own stories and see how, how on, on so many un, on, on an unimaginable amount of levels, we have benefited from colonialism and the wealth that has been accumulated through slavery and, and colonialism and so much violence. Um, so I think that is important and exciting too. And then finally, just have one more thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Um, this will be my last thought. I also <laughs> think it is shocking every now and then to see when we're stepping out of these social spheres that we are on on the internet. And I think, I don't know if you consider yourself to be an introvert, but I feel like we're, we're, we're both kind of like more, <laughs> more introverty people. Probably. Yes, very. <laughs> I sometimes feel like I socially just have very limited social energy. And so a lot of my engagement and input happens when I'm in bed on the internet on my phone yeah. for example yeah. and so I think on the internet is it's a lot easier to be very selective with the social spaces that we're in and it is then quite easy to feel like oh but everyone is already talking about race mm -hmm. so like surely we must be collectively heading in the right direction but actually when you step out of that that's really not true there's still mm -hmm. so much ignorance and avoidance and really like an unwillingness to look at facts and so I think we really need to strengthen our resilience to go out there and have these conversations and keep bringing them up yeah. and that takes yeah resilience and strength yeah and, and, yeah. and, and I think it takes knowing that we're supported mm -hmm. um, and I think it, as an introvert especially one who lives so very rurally mm -hmm. um, I my nearest shop where I can buy like my nearest supermarket is 15 miles away wow <laughs> <laughs> um it's actually it's so that and, and my my main social contact is on the internet mm -hmm. so it is really easy to get into that uh not just that echo chamber of mm -hmm. oh everybody agrees with me <laughs> yeah. um, but but also to feel very alone because that um physical 
mm-hmm. sensory engagement mm-hmm. is missing and I mm-hmm. I love living where I do I have learned you know when I moved here in 2000 I often say that this place this land mm-hmm. is where I learned magic mm-hmm. it's where I learned my witchcraft it's where mm-hmm. I learned everything mm-hmm. um because I was able to in such an um what's the best way of describing it in such an open and free way mm-hmm. um listen and pay attention and be present and build relationships with all mm-hmm. of the beings in this landscape mm-hmm. and that's wonderful and I miss it if I'm in a city but at the mm-hmm. same time I also miss the contact with with other human beings Mm -hmm. (laughs) living where I do so it's that that and and I think feeling for me you know feeling supported when I don't have lots of other human beings around me who Mm -hmm. who are in the same physical space supporting me Mm -hmm. having that access to that inner support of a personal practice Mm -hmm. um whether people consider that to be spiritual or not i know mm-hmm. not everybody's happy with with talk, mm-hmm. talking about spirituality um is it can be a really profound source of strength i mean i've, I've been rewriting my uh, homepage for my website and it's like i was thinking about all the people who've been really important mm-hmm. activists who have had that you know as, as problematic as all human beings are in various ways it's like there's no doubting that people like Mahatma Gandhi people like Martin Luther King Jr and so many other activists I mean right up to the present day Starhawk and Joanna Macy Mm -hmm. um, and I've forgotten the uh, um, all the liberation theology people Mm -hmm. in South America none of whose names I know Mm -hmm. Um, but there's just so much um strength and power to act comes from that inner resourcefulness that Mm -hmm. that inner strength of being and I think it's part it's being part of something bigger Mm -hmm. than yourself so that and not just something human that's bigger than yourself but something that is bigger than humanity Mm -hmm. that's that's bigger than one lifetime Mm -hmm. that's you know yeah Mm-hmm. And I think that helps with the, like the guilt and sh- I so agree with you about guilt and shame. It's like mm-hmm. guilt and shame. Yes, we feel them mm-hmm. like fear, anger, guilt, shame. Mm-hmm. They're like, we don't like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're uncomfortable. Yeah. We feel them. And in themselves, they're no use to us unless we use them as signposts. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm feeling guilty and if we if we try if we get self indulgent in that and like go oh i feel so guilty i'm such mm-hmm. a, you know all that kind mm-hmm. of self indulgence or we do the um which actually is a way of avoiding engaging with what we feel guilty about mm-hmm. like getting sucked into that mm-hmm. that just being in the emotion is yeah. a way of avoiding oh what's the guilt about what's my responsibility and what can mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm. And so is turning away from guilt and shame because it feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's it's only by actually engaging with mm-hmm. the uncomfortable that we can go on to oh to actually um kind of seize our agency mm-hmm. and say, you know, because because alongside like my my kind of my touchstone at the moment is we are all part of each other. Mm-hmm. We are each other's sovereign. So mm-hmm. both of those mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of those. And we can't claim our sovereignty and agency if we're not looking at where does this feeling come from? Mm-hmm. What's my responsibility and what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of... Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a, a, no, a soapbox no. moment. <laughs> I had one of those just now myself, so that's all good. Um, uh, yeah, yes to all of this. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, I would love to switch gears a little bit since mm. it's getting really dark. It's just looking up to my garden mm. and it's just 
it's just uh, 6 30 when it's so dark and it feels like it happens really quickly anyway um I would love to touch a little bit on seasonal living and what that means to you and how you're feeling as we're heading into winter um specifically I think in, in the UK and and I mean in many places I think that the winter has like a particularly gloomy outlook at the moment with Brexit that's coming in March and um, so much uncertainty around that. Um, Yeah. How are you feeling about this winter and how do you feel about seasonal living in in general? I I both love seasonal living and find parts of it really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I really appreciate your focus on that on, the seasons and living with the seasons and it's because my health has been so um has not been so good for the last four years Mm -hmm. I'm kind of coming a little bit out of a a dip Mm -hmm. now but it's like I don't have the energy to go into my little heart even Mm -hmm. into my little herb garden that a friend set up for me and Mm -hmm. and the winds in like the in January and February blew a big branch Mm -hmm. of a tree right on top of my herb garden Mm -hmm. so it's like so one of the way and I can't go for long walks anymore Mm -hmm. so that's really restricted Mm -hmm. a lot of the ways that I would normally you know connect myself with the seasons and the changes would be to go on long walks and Mm -hmm. like really be with the the landscape and all the different plant beings and the animal beings and the water and rocks and but what I'm finding is just kind of um I'm actually falling back more on um, important dates in the calendar because I haven't got that going out to engage with what's physically happening. It's like I'm returning to dates in the calendar and I really am enjoying, um, I mean, I played with the wheel of the year, the, the kind of the quotes mainstream pagan wheel of the year dates for a um a long time and they never really kind of you know other than Samhain mm-hmm. they never really kind of felt you know they never really mm-hmm. I didn't feel them in my body mm-hmm. I think yeah. is the word yeah. yeah so I'm kind of at the moment I'm playing with the the folk calendar because the um a lot of the traditional dates of seasonal changes mm-hmm. are slightly different mm-hmm. from like the, um, the ones we're familiar with like in Scotland the traditional Samhain is actually the 11th of November mm-hmm. rather than 31st of October mm-hmm. um, and then uh, if we go backwards to the autumn equinox the traditional dates around that um is the 29th of September and there's this wonderful story Mm. about how um you don't pick black you don't pick brambles you don't pick black wild blackberries after the 29th of December because Mm. that's the date when St Michael threw uh, Lucifer out of heaven and he landed in a bramble bush and he got (laughs) prickled by the bramble bush and he was so annoyed about he was so pissed off at this that he pissed literally on the (laughs) bramble bush (laughs) <laughs> which is why, which is the story of why you're not meant to pick brambles after the 29th of September. Yes. But if you look at the imagery of that and the yeah. symbolism of it, yeah. it um, the light, you know, Lucifer, the light bearer, mm-hmm. being cast down, mm-hmm. which is that shift from the light half of the year to the to the, to the days, you know, the days. That's when the autumn equinox is when the days start getting shorter. So it's mm-hmm. like. For me, that's really the autumn equinox is the 29th of September because of that story. Yeah. Um, and I love, and like in the spring, the um, the spring equinox, the, I, I connect a lot, a lot of it is really strongly connected to stories, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> folk, folk tales and traditional tales for me. Mm-hmm. Like in the, at the spring equinox, there's the story of the Kailach. There's the, on the 25th of March is Lady Day. Mm-hmm which is when the Kailach went to the Isle of Youth. That's the day on which she bathed herself in the mm-hmm. waters of the, in the, the waters of life mm-hmm. on the Island of Youth and became young again. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, and that's, so I'm really finding I'm connecting to seasonal living and seasonal changes 
um, through like folk calendar, through mm -hmm. traditional tales, which mm -hmm. makes sense as a storyteller. Um, <laughs> and also through food. I do a lot through food because that's mm -hmm. something that I can access. Oh, yeah. Uh, even when I can't go for long walks. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so I, I, I can see, are those all vinegars? I'm just talking yeah. about your living. Are those all vinegars that you've made? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, so we're, I have um, like a little apothecary behind me and there's a couple of big bottles with vinegar and they're mainly, the orange ones are lemon balm, the dark one is elderberry and then um, on the other side there's hawthorn together with rose and then there's fire cider and then here's a couple of oils that I'm infusing and they're going to be in a free apothecary that I'm starting for my birthday in Brighton, which I'm really excited about. So this is the first year that I'm producing this quantity. And um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. Um, speaking of free things, and this is again, like a little bit of a switch in topic, but I'm too excited <laughs> to not talk about it, um, which is, I, I read something really beautiful that you shared and I can't remember what, where I saw it, but the words just really stuck with me. And it was that you are building a business um, beyond and against capitalism. And I thought like, ooh, that is such a good way of putting it because I have a lot of feelings around well, business and capitalism, yes. <laughs> as most of us do. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it sometimes have like some shame or maybe like resistance or like there's a part of me that is like, can I even talk about business stuff with the work that I do? Because I have this podcast and that's one part of my business, but I'm also a web designer and I support people in the online marketing. And I feel that in the last few years, I have been able to align that work more with my values and also to become clearer on my, what my values are. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's very much like a young journey and there isn't much guidance on this out there so I feel like I'm figuring a lot of stuff out as I'm going along and I'm um, really diverging from the things that I have learned in in the first two years in my business which was you know like so interesting because coming out of employment I had to learn very quickly all these different business things and it was like a really new thing because that's not something that we learn at school usually at least not in formal education and then and then, you know, my base, my basis was established and I was like, okay, I guess this is kind of working. There's still a lot of anxiety around the practicalities of this, but I've got the basics figured out now. And then from that place, there came this realization that actually a lot of these things don't feel good, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't think that they're going to be sustainable in the long term. Mm -hmm. And I am not sure, you know, if I want to keep, keep, pushing that agenda mm. um and then i and i changed things and and no one ran away and it was fine <laughs> but that's just yeah. a side story and um, so i'm still doing this work but in different ways and i loved what you said i think that just really felt really true to me and i would just love to hear a few more words from you of what that means for you to have a business beyond and against capitalism mm. well it's something that i realized i studied i did an undergraduate degree in social anthropology and i studied marx Mm -hmm. and different ideas about money and exchange around the world mm -hmm. and it was kind of that was the point at which that seed of realizing that business and capitalism are not the same thing mm -hmm. yeah like capitalism can't exist without businesses mm -hmm. but businesses can exist without mm -hmm. capitalism mm -hmm. yeah um because a business is uh, and a hopefully this won't get too technical or academic <laughs> or boring for people but there's there's the basic distinction is that a business is about taking something that you make or that you offer and exchanging it with people mm -hmm. for money or something else mm -hmm. in order that you can meet your needs and the needs of your dependents mm -hmm. and the needs of your community Mm -hmm. capitalism is taking money and resources convincing people to buy things mm -hmm. so that they can give you more money and resources just to have the money and resources <laughs> you know, it's not about meeting needs it's mm -hmm. just about accumulating more and more capital mm -hmm. that's the basic difference between what a business is and what a, what capitalism is mm -hmm. and i think we get 
we're so indoctrinated into the idea that business is business and mm -hmm. capitalism are the same thing mm -hmm. and they they really really aren't and mm -hmm. if you're if you're a creative person and you don't get on well with nine to five or mm -hmm. you don't get on well with authority <laughs> then being self-employed or freelancer running your own business is really attractive you know mm -hmm. it has a lot of it has a lot of difficulties and challenges mm -hmm. and so many of us who are who are creative like that have that kind of that mm -hmm. that ethical mm -hmm. about doing things in a capitalist way because it stinks mm. it's disgusting <laughs> it's destroying the earth it's why we have climate change it's mm. why we have slavery it's why mm. we have the after you know it's uh, and i there's a whole other rant i could go on about how uh, capitalism and colonialism and white supremacy all mm. built each other mm -hmm. it's like if you go back to the 15th century over the next few hundred years from there you know banking plus white supremacy made colonialism and slavery possible mm -hmm. and then colonialism built capitalism you know it was like the, the whole thing was completely intermeshed mm -hmm. um, and still is and is becoming more so as transnational corporations have more and more power and this is a rant that i will st <laughs> stop now because <laughs> It's kind of slightly off the point <laughs> business, but I mean, for me, um, I, I've been in workers' cooperatives, which is one approach to um, building businesses that are not capitalist in the way they work, but you can also do it as a sole trader. Mm -hmm. It's kind of difficult to do it if you have employees, but I think that, you know, there are, there are ways to make that, that mm -hmm. work. But the fundamental thing is, that if you're in business to make more and more profit and you don't really care about what you're doing, that's capitalist. Mm -hmm. If you're in business to birth something into the world that you're really passionate about mm -hmm. in, order, uh, in order to meet your needs in a way that, that nourishes your soul, that's, that's mm -hmm. not capitalism. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, um, and I just feel really excited about how many of us are building these small businesses from that standpoint mm -hmm. and the potential for that to create spaces of justice mm -hmm. where we support one another mm -hmm. even within the overall unjust system of capitalism mm -hmm. you know that that's why i'm passionate about it is mm -hmm. because it's like you know there is the potential for a collapse to happen mm -hmm. environmentally it's happening economically mm -hmm. it's likely mm -hmm. it may not be in my lifetime mm -hmm. but it's it's coming relatively soon mm -hmm. and I hope I don't sound too much like a conspiracy theorist no, no. <laughs> but it's like if we have these spaces of mutual aid and support mm -hmm. which aren't dependent on that capitalist system mm -hmm. where we can if the money system collapse, collapses where we can flip to a gift economy mm -hmm. because we've got those relationships of trust already built mm -hmm. you know it's that's what's going to save us if anything mm -hmm. can save something of humanity mm -hmm. from what what we've done collectively as a species particularly mm -hmm. european um and colon colonial you know cultures mm -hmm. sorry i just went on a really <laughs> no that was great and no, honestly that was really great um that made sense to me and really resonated and in particular, the distinction between businesses and capitalism mm. was a really useful way of breaking it down. Um, that's great. I would love to make that into a an infographic. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that makes total sense. I, I also agree with um, what you're saying. I also have mixed feelings about like being being too pessimistic, but I, I personally and I know everyone is different with that but i personally at the moment really feel um more comfort in confronting these really big fears around collapse rather than pretending that i don't feel them because i do really really feel them and i take so much yeah comfort and joy in trading with people and exploring other ways of um supporting each other and and it's it's beautiful to see that so many of us or at least more and more of us are 
open to trying something that we're not really good at, you know, or that is just new, like sliding scares. I, I think that's a big one mm -hmm. for many of my clients at the moment. And it's a tricky one. It's complex. It's definitely trying yeah. a new thing. It needs a lot of explaining. Um, but it's also really exciting. And yeah, yeah so, so that's really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think things like, I mean, you know, it can feel really big and out, like distant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it, it is practical things like sliding scale, mm -hmm. like um, not imagining, n not restricting yourself to a model of employees and being a CEO mm -hmm. if your business grows. Mm -hmm. It's like just looking at, at creative ways to build mutual aid as mm -hmm. we grow our businesses mm -hmm. and to, to kind of, it's almost a process of decolonizing. I don't. I don't want to um, dismiss the um, the brutality faced by peoples who have decolonized their nations mm -hmm. um, and who are in the process of decolonizing themselves from white European um, mm -hmm. oppression. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, I do think um, all of us, whatever our backgrounds, wherever we are in the world, mm -hmm. need to decolonize ourselves. Mm -hmm um because col colonialism isn't just a set of actions it's also a way a paradigm it's a way of thinking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as is capitalism as is white supremacy that that however anti-racist we are personally mm -hmm. however anti-capitalist we are personally mm -hmm. they infect our thinking and the way that we form relationships the way that we engage with the world the way we think about ourselves you know mm -hmm. it's in there in everything mm -hmm. And I really think that one of the vital, you know, one of the vital, most vital things we can do at this time is mm -hmm. to actually break down mm -hmm. those paradigms within ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, like cis heteropatriarchy, mm -hmm. capitalism, colonialism, white, white supremacy, mm -hmm. all of them support each other. Mm -hmm. and, different people have like strengths and passions in different mm -hmm. areas for breaking those down. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the most fundamental, it, it, it's this, we have to break down the paradigm, but we're stuck in the paradigm while we're breaking down the paradigm, mm -hmm. which is why you get things like um, in the Metro newspapers a day, there was a whole page advert. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've come across mm -hmm. that, this whole page, mm -hmm advert taken out by um basically a cis women's organization that doesn't want trans people to have mm. rights particularly mm. doesn't want trans women to have rights oh God. and that's the kind of um zero-sum competitive thinking mm -hmm. that comes from directly mm. from cis patriarchy and colonialism mm -hmm. and white supremacy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think we we for me it's about building that sense of mutual aid between okay we're all Mm. We're all working on our own little bit mm -hmm. of unpicking this enormous, it's like this enormous tapestry and we're all unpicking a little bit and we need to support each other mm -hmm. in doing our own little bits of unpicking, not, mm -hmm. tell, not tell each other you're doing it wrong or you should be working on my bit over here. And trust each other a little bit. And, and I know like it's hard for trans people to trust cis people. It's hard mm -hmm. for black people and people of mm -hmm. color and indigenous people to trust mm -hmm. white people. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for queer people to trust straight people and mm -hmm. on and on. Mm -hmm. But it's like just, just, yeah, having that little bit of, it's almost like that really old fashioned meaning of charity mm -hmm. where it's like you give people just a little bit of leeway and trust, mm -hmm. not to let them inside your closest boundaries. Mm -hmm. But just if you know that they have goodwill mm -hmm. and they're doing their best, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's difficult because mm -hmm. people have a right to be angry. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, people have a right to be angry when people who are in an oppressor group toward, uh, mm -hmm. like in, in a relation of oppressor group to oppress towards them, mm -hmm. fuck up. Mm -hmm. And I think even anger works better if you're in a relationship of trust. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's a whole other conversation to be had about how 
that gang that that trust can be nurtured and and earned and stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah I just want to circle back to the ad for a moment because I feel like um maybe just have a few more things to say on that that will also illustrate everything that you just said before which I also agree with it's just really heartbreaking to hear that I didn't know about this ad and I just I just cannot imagine what kind of headspace someone would be in as a group of women to spend so much money on something so hateful when really at the end of the day it is something that is so personal that is not doing any harm to these women at all, whether that's about bathroom space or identity or what kind of Mm -hmm. passports people get or if they get their health support that they need. Um, That is just heartbreaking. And yeah, yeah, and and I also see, totally agree with that being a a part of a bigger picture of scarcity and Mm -hmm. pitting people against each other not being able or you know not growing up in an educational system that gives us the space to develop critical thinking skills and compassion um when there's so much competition and Mm. um yeah that is really sad and and circling back sorry no i don't want to be rambling either but but moving on from that clearly it's rambling clearly it's rambling (laughs) (laughs) so having held space for that sadness for a moment that is really sad and also I wanted to tell, um, like, a, or like illustrating a way f- of how it played out, what you just described in my life played out, um, and how I think that earth, earth-centered spirituality is really bringing so much grounding in. So when I was employed in my 20s, I was working full-time often and also studying full-time, because that's how I funded my studies. And I was so disconnected from the seasons. I really had no idea what was going on outside, like outside my office. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working in London mainly and um, there's like, just like I can physically feel this sensation of mainly artificial lighting and the blue itchy carpet, <laughs> like the air conditioning in the summer. And that was just gross. Yeah. And, um, and then I never had any time and I was just so tired and exhausted all the time. And if I think... Yeah, so I think for me in my late 20s, the biggest work was not gaining more knowledge or information. It was like really unlearning those mechanisms and the physical experience and embodiment of this idea that growth is everything at any cost at all times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where in small businesses, the seasonal living also comes back in that we, because we really pay attention to nature and have this connection we're so lucky to have a different understanding of the necessity of contraction, for example, and how that's totally part of life as well. And I also feel like what, what feels grounding amongst us sometimes, not always, but sometimes is this um, awareness that the, the resources of the earth are, li- that are not limitless. Yeah. And so I feel many businesses in, 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 in in our little world and not set up to become corporations like that would never cross anyone's minds because there's like a clear (laughs) you know there's a clear limit to the abundance that I want to create for myself and that feels really good and it's Mm. when I first started in business many people around me were like no I want to start a legacy business you know I want to hit six figures in the first couple of months and then I want to have a million dollar business I'm sorry I'm like six figures in two months it's like yeah right we have to ask them what for yeah you know there might be good reasons that I don't know about yet if you have a big co-op and you want to support a village you know maybe you need six figures (laughs) or you want to start a school or you know like like a real life school I don't know but it feels nice to be connected to nature and have just a naked feet on the on the earth sometimes and be like what I want for my life is like a stable forever home and the ability to buy local organic food and to be able to trade fairly with other people mm-hmm. and to trust that my basic needs will always be met and I can be a supportive presence to other people in my community that are maybe less lucky than me and that's yeah, that's that's just the limit mm-hmm. and it feels comforting mm-hmm. to know like you know there's nothing there's nothing I need to ask of myself mm-hmm. and my energy beyond that yeah it's like you you don't have to be impressive you don't have to be big you don't have to Mm because so much of that is like either trying to show off Mm -hmm. to meet a self-esteem need that that hasn't been met Mm -hmm. 
or um, to kind of try to reach an identity that feels that we've been indoctrinated that we have to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just love that what you said about the um, the ability to contract because that was the mm-hmm. other bit about seasonal mm-hmm. living that I I didn't get onto is that I I have seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And I live in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Not a great choice there in some ways. (laughs) So for me, uh, you know, I struggle every winter. And that's like one reason why I can never have a permanent full-time job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't have a full-time job full stop. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I could even have a part-time job. Mm -hmm. But like, there's no way I could have a permanent job that required the same of me. Mm -hmm from october to march Mm -hmm. that it did in the spring and it's like that my body's like no that makes no sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the world around me is like no that makes no sense you know the (laughs) natural world is like no we you know things hibernate Mm -hmm. leaves fall off trees it gets Mm -hmm. dark Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's only natural to like go inward Mm -hmm. and cuddle under a blankie and Mm -hmm. knit and crochet and drink hot chocolate and just Mm -hmm. sleep yeah you know, frankly yeah. just sleep yeah yeah totally yeah and I, and I do use a light box because I know without that my winters are miserable mm-hmm. but it's not to try to make myself be productive mm-hmm. yeah. it's simply to support my health and mm-hmm. my emotional and physical needs mm-hmm. yeah that makes so much sense that's really so key with everything that we're doing for ourselves I think is to pause a moment and ask am I doing this just to be more productive or am I actually doing this for myself yeah Yeah. I think that's a beautiful note to end on though I think there would be so much more to say and I hope you'll be back on the podcast sometime I would love to (laughs) but before we go can you let us know what you're currently offering or offering in the near future and where people can find you Mm, yes yes okay so um, as I said I'm offering midwinter mid, mid, midwinter mm-hmm. magic mm-hmm. which is a program that uh, runs from the 9th of December to the 9th of January mm-hmm. um, I do offer it, uh, it as a DIY mm-hmm. um, program if you want to do it yourself or if you're in the southern hemisphere and midwinter for you is in June mm-hmm. um, but the the uh, the guided program in a in a group with um kind of community and and live calls for mm-hmm. there's a couple of live calls involved mm-hmm. from the 9th of December to the 9th of January mm-hmm. um, and thanks to inspiration from Yarrow <laughs> I'm starting um, some seasonal some free seasonal calls I'm going to be starting those on the 10th of November to kind of match up with those uh, folk mm-hmm. traditional mm-hmm. dates that we were talking about yeah. um, and mm-hmm. those hopefully will include a bit of storytelling a bit of an update of what's up with me and then just space for whatever's coming up with people for people mm-hmm. in relation to activism in relation to their personal you know mm-hmm. in relation to what's happening in the world mm-hmm. um so the first one of those i'm planning for the 10th of november mm-hmm. probably at 6 p.m gmt mm-hmm. um and then if people want to find me they can go to eleanorpredota.com mm-hmm. e-l-i-n-o-r p-r-e-d-o-t-a.com mm-hmm. and you can um you can sign up for uh my newsletter there there's access to free resources there's a link through to my patreon where i do most of my writing mm-hmm. um and there's also if you if you've enjoyed this conversation with me mm-hmm. and I, I bet i've got all of the interviews that i've had with like conversations that i've had mm-hmm. with people that have been recorded there on a there on a page there as well mm-hmm. that people can can um can check out and get to know whether you know i feel mm-hmm. like someone they want to connect with yeah it just, it just occurred to me i've been putting this on hold for so long <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make i'm gonna make it happen by saying it in your daydreaming yeah. <laughs> walls right now i if anybody's interested in the idea of business beyond and against capitalism mm-hmm. i really want to have as many conversations with people as i can yes so i'm not going to start that until march okay. because i know i have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. and you know i'm not going to start that till march mm-hmm. um but i will give yarrow a link to that and if mm-hmm. you sign up for my newsletter i will i will that link will be going out so people can mm-hmm. book just a, just a short conversation yeah um with me just to kind of 
find out what mm. people are where people are at what's going on mm. in the world that i don't know about mm. um yeah so yeah, yeah. that's i said it now i've got to do it yes that's <laughs> great okay i will remind you in march it's awesome yeah <laughs> i definitely want to have one of those conversations and i hope that maybe then we can have another one on the podcast as well yeah. and as a side note i'm also launching a new podcast very soon which is called do it yourself business magic and I will talk specifically about this kind of stuff as well. So maybe we should have another chat for that one. But anyway, for now, I will add all those links in the show notes. If even people, if they didn't catch that just now, that's totally fine. It'll be there as well. Just to say thank you so, so much. This was amazing and rich and beautiful. And it's really nice to see your face again. And I'm really excited to share this. So thank you so much. Yay. and thank you so much for, for for inviting me on daydreaming wolves i, I love the podcast and all the things <laughs> you do so much and it's just great to be able to hang out and chat yeah. about all the things yes all the things thank you so much bye bye